Look, uh, I'm gonna level with you. This movie doesn't, it just doesn't even really deserve an intro. It's fine, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to like f- go find a clip from this movie to put at the start of this podcast. We recorded this like um, over a month ago, like well over a month ago, and it's really late when I'm recording this, and and I'm crying, um, and I just, I just thought that you guys should know that like I don't want to fucking download a clip of Michelle Pfeiffer right now. I just want to, uh, um, look, I'm less than a week away from seeing Batman, okay? So we can all just hold out, and it's gonna be okay. I'm sorry, Ant-Man. And if, um, Paul Rudd, if you're out there, if you ever hear this, I'm really sorry for disrespecting you. Um, but you also made Ghostbusters Afterlife, so fuck you. Sorry, that was really rude. I don't know what's going on. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Every Marvel Movie Ever. I'm your host, Gabe Thomas. With me, as always, is your co-host, Francis Ford Coppola. And today, we are going to be talking about the most exciting, interesting, intriguing, biggest, most shocking MCU film ever released, especially in 2018. Just absolute knocking the competition out of the park. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I feel like Ant-Man and the Wasp has become kind of a a punching bag for the MCU in the way that Thor the Dark World has, where it's like, it's just kind of generally accepted to not be as good or interesting as most of the other ones. Yeah, pretty much. I I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that this is in like their favorites, which is understandable. But at the same time, I feel like it's not even that bad in the first place. Like Thor the Dark World is just very very boring Mm. i feel like this movie isn't necessarily boring but there's just not a lot in it yeah i no i don't hate this movie at all i i think it's it's totally fine and it's probably what we needed after infinity war was just something kind of nice but it does not leave an impression on me i think i've only seen it maybe three-ish times now which is a record, it's got to be a record low for me with these MCU movies, but I, I'm not against it at all. It's got some solid bits, but even like my favorite things in Ant-Man and the Wasp would be just mid-tier moments in any other MCU movie, I feel. Not any other, but it's definitely weaker and it's definitely a lot less creative than the first movie because the first movie has some Edgar Wright like input in it. And this doesn't, really have anything as surprising or interesting i think the best moment in this movie is just an extension of the louise gag from the first movie which is kind of a problem i don't think it has a great villain i don't think the ending makes a whole lot of sense but i like seeing things get really big and really small so fucking got me i guess yeah my favorite part of every action scene is just when things get really big and then get really small (laughs) it's probably the best best element of the entire film which is i can't tell if that's supposed to if that's what like i should be looking forward to in an ant-man film is things getting big and small uh if that's like the most exciting element of your movie that's a problem but that's unfortunate unfortunate. because there's like two action sequences in this movie and they're both fine i i find janet van dyne and hank or sorry hope van dyne and hank pym 
mostly very unlikable in this movie, which is a big problem because I didn't feel that way about them in the first movie. But they're just kind of mean. Like, I don't really, I don't really like them very much. Yeah. Like, I get why they're mad at Scott, but at the same time, I feel like they're just like, there hits a point where they're just doing too much. And it's just like, I, I don't want to root for these characters because they're just so mean for no reason. Like, we get it. <laughs> they're trying to find, she's trying to find her mom, but she's just horrible constantly about it which is i understand she's stressed out but there's just too many scenes where they're like telling scott how stupid he is and how much he sucks and they don't like him and it doesn't make me people are like oh it's a feel-good mcu movie it, it, it's it's a lot more positive it's not it just has paul rudd in it the only yeah, feel-good it's... moments are when he talks to his daughter those are like the only parts where i'm like enjoying myself paul rudd is in it so it's a feel-good happy-go-lucky movie <laughs> I love him as a protagonist. I think he's he's very fun, but I think he's maybe too stupid uh, in these movies, <laughs> especially this one. I think they really dumb him down even more in this one because in the first movie, you have scenes where he's like, you know, he knows how to crack the safes and stuff and he has good ideas and he's he's genuinely like a, a morally gray character where he's a, clearly a good person, but he's done some bad things. In this, he's just a fucking clown, I guess, which is not as interesting he just feels like a punching bag in this whole movie. Like he doesn't do too much. And he just kind of gets made fun of and does dumb things. <laughs> yeah. And says dumb things or pretends that he knows what's going on. Do you think this movie is funny? Definitely not as funny as a lot of MCU movies, but I think there's like a handful of, Things that are decently funny i guess overall probably not really <laughs> this feels more like a straightforward comedy because it's from a comedy director there's moments where it feels like it's a comedy first and a superhero movie second which is a is also a problem like there's just lots of things that i thought were a lot more nuanced in the first movie and even in, with his appearances in endgame and civil war and other all the additional movies i feel like he was just a lot more fleshed out and in this he's not very engaging everybody is a lot fluffier like everyone has had all of their edges sanded off except for hope van dyne who is terrible i guess i one thing i do like about this movie is that everyone in hank pym's past fucking hates him it's like tony stark where it's like all of these problems are because hank pym was just an asshole in the 80s i appreciate that because Hank Pym is a terrible person. He beats his wife or whatever. But I'm glad that they got her back. I couldn't tell. Do they acknowledge that he abuses his wife and everybody's just okay with it, including her? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that this Hank Pym probably doesn't, at least not canonically, he has not abused his wife. We don't know. We haven't seen it happen. We haven't really seen them together very much. But I, I can only assume that from the continuity of the comic books, that Michelle Pfeiffer is has been abused in the past, which is unfortunate. <laughs> There's a couple of like random lines in the movie that make me think that like she's kind of just fine with being in a bad marriage. <laughs> there is that moment when Bill Foster's like the only person who you were able to keep around was your wife, and and she paid the price for that. Like she, you know, you got her fucking killed. So that's one element of this I like. It's a very small element. I, I like whenever. Like, there's, like, a 
semi-protagonist character, but they were a terrible person, and people remind them that they were a terrible person. <laughs> and that's what Hank Pym is, because Hank Pym is probably the most interesting character in this movie, which is a shame. Well, not my favorite character, because this movie, for all its faults, does introduce Jimmy Woo, which is an amazing addition to the MCU, I think. I think Randall Park... The best side characters in the whole MCU. <laughs> he's so funny. I'm so glad that he got a chance to return, that they didn't undervalue him, because almost everything with his character works for me in this movie. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of my favorite lines and deliveries, and like I feel like I've, I'm being overly negative, but I there's lots of things about this I like. I like that he's on house arrest, and he so he has to do superhero stuff, but he can't get caught. I think that's a really interesting element. Like, I've never seen that in a superhero movie before. I do uh, really like the dynamic with just, like, his ex-wife and his daughter and even, like, his ex-wife's new husband. I love it. I I think everything with them together is just great. The fact that the Paxton character, Judy Greer's new husband, it was, like, such a... He was just a dick trying to catch Scott in the first movie and now he's so loving and he's just such like a he's just a very kind person and they're like best friends and he they like I love that that's that's when it's positive is anything with the family unit is so great his daughter is so good in this I'm it's a shame that they aged her up now because I really I really loved that and I love Judy Greer yeah that whole I'm glad you mentioned that because all that's great I love all the stuff when he's just hanging out at home what do you think about his comic relief friends in this one I think they're not as good as they were in the first one but they're fine they're fine i don't think they get annoying or anything they kind of just have their moments and then they're just kind of gone what do you think about this is just me and i'm just going to ask you a different characters (laughs) this is all i have what do you think about ghost oh my god um She's just such a nothing character. There's like nothing to her. <laughs> I think she has an interesting backstory, but that's that's the only positive thing I can say. I don't really like the suit. I don't think she's very good. I've never seen that lady before or since either. I have no idea who she is. Yeah, I, I don't know who that actress is. I, I do agree. Her backstory is interesting. For one, her powers just seem really inconsistent because she kind of just phases randomly which i guess is kind of her thing but she's like oh the suit helps but it doesn't really seem like it also her just her character is just not good she's just like yeah i'll kill kids yeah i'll do whatever yeah myself like that's just there's no complexity it's just i will do anything to fix my body from disappearing occasionally yeah, if anything, that's only used to make Bill Foster more sympathetic because I get it's like, oh, she's going too far. She'll do anything to to fix herself or whatever. And she's abusing this poor old man. And Goliath, yeah, and Goliath, an, an elderly, elderly Lawrence Fishburne. No, he looks great. Uh, an older Lawrence Fishburne does not want that to happen. She's not sympathetic. So when she gets, when they save her at the end of the movie, I'm like, like it's it does not feel deserved. <laughs> In my opinion, I don't even understand what Bill's motivation for helping her even is because he doesn't agree with anything that she wants to do. So why would you want to save her? I get that she's like 
his like adoptive daughter essentially but she's still like a really bad person that he doesn't agree with morally at all (laughs) he even says he's like i tolerate a lot of the stuff you do but but not this or whatever why why do you tolerate anything you should have like the second that you realize she's a sociopath super villain you should have gotten out of there bill foster that's on you also real waste of the character of goliath like not doing anything with seismic powers at all like he never changes his size once then it's like well that's cool i guess (laughs) also he says he only gets up to 21 feet which i guess compared to giant man is like waste that's a waste (laughs) why even do it yeah (laughs) but you could have put him in the ant-man suit at the end or something when it's like blown up against the building like you could have done anything they didn't what'd you think about the other minor villain that i can't remember the name? sunny birch complete waste of my life yes thank you (laughs) walton goggins no so not funny not interesting uh there's not a single moment where i'm like I'm glad, like, I think he's supposed to be, like, the Justin Hammer-style character, where but he's, it like, doesn't work. it does, doesn't work. Justin Hammer is, is genuinely very funny and interesting, and the fact that he's such a fuck-up uh, is, is, like, what makes him, in- it's what makes him a good character, and people remember him. Sonny Birch is, like, mostly competent, I guess. But he's just like, I don't really know what he wants to do. He wants technology. You do know what he wants. He wants that lab. He wants the lab. And times. To sell it, I guess. Does he want the... I don't entirely understand how his operation works. Because he just sells tech, but... But he wants more tech. So that he could sell it. Like, I I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... like he's already the technology is he's already doing that like he's his end goal is what he's already been doing i assume he's already been selling technology future or something (laughs) okay but he's has like he's if he sells all the parts to make quantum stuff what he could be working with bill foster probably figure out some quantum shit if he really wanted to like i would imagine that you know hank pym had other people working on on quantum mechanics fucking darren darren cross was working on quantum mechanics get one of the get one of his like 10 rings guys and start putting this shit together you don't need a a suitcase lab i don't yeah i don't i genuinely don't understand why any of those characters were in the movie because they just don't do anything like the exact same role that they have is filled by the fbi that's yeah ghost and bill like they don't need to be in the movie because other people just fill the exact same roles that they do i don't know why they turned an ant-man movie into rat race but this is this is what they decided to do where there's all these different parties chasing after the same thing that's like one of the biggest complaints with, with most of the worst superhero movies not that this is by any shot but that there's too many villains or too many plot lines. Like that's one of the big problems is when you don't focus a superhero movie, it gets messy. And this isn't focused at all. No one can tell you what the name of the villains in this movie are. No one knows who Ghost even is. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure like nine out of ten people do not know what movie or 
for one, who Ghost is, or two, what movie they were even in. <laughs> exactly. Which is a, a big problem, because even like Malekith, you remember where he's from. Not for good reasons. You Icarus, I remember Icarus for, uh, well, I think we all know why we remember Icarus. Oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, I guess I don't remember the guy in Black Widow. Uh, I don't know what his name is. But other than that... You don't remember his pheromones? I remember that he had pheromones so Natasha Romanoff could not attack him or something. And so she broke her nose on a desk. I can't smell you anymore. That's so fucking... That makes me very uncomfortable. I do not like that. That is a bad, a bad plot. But yeah, aside from that, most MCU villains, even though a lot of them aren't great especially early on you remember almost all of them i don't remember any of them and there's a lot in this de-aging i remember when i first saw this i thought that the the dh michelle pfeiffer was like the best one i'd ever seen i think it's pretty fucking good to be honest i feel like the the lawrence fishburne one looks a little weird but other than that, I think they do look really good. And I mean, even for the Lawrence Fishburne one, I've seen way worse. So I can't really complain about it too much. Yeah, I think he looks fine. And that's his son, like is doing the body for it or whatever. So at least they have they have a basis. Yeah, no, the Michelle Pfeiffer one, I I was always so impressed by that. No one ever talks about it. Like I, I've tried to like look it up on YouTube. I don't even think there's a clip of it. Like people don't even fucking remember that. But I think she looks amazing. And... Michael Douglas, has he been de-aged in the most of these movies? Because he was the first one they ever did. And I think they've done him at least three times now. I think so. I think every time that Hank Pym is in a movie, they de-age him somehow. (laughs) Isn't that weird? I wonder if Michael Douglas is just very vain and needs to see himself as a young man now. I like Michael Douglas as a leading man. I, I, I just watched Basic Instinct again. It's the horniest thing I've ever seen, Franny. It's it's fucking it rules, okay? It rules. <laughs> but I like him in these movies. He's probably my I don't know if he's my favorite character, but he's the most interesting character, I would say, across both of these movies. I think he's the most complex out of all of them. Do you like the wasp costume? The wasp doom. Do you like it? It's like fine. I can't say there's too much to complain about, but I I feel like it's just kind of boring it just looks like a latex suit (laughs) i think it's pretty ugly and nothing it looks like it belongs in the movie from like 10 years ago (laughs) i'm not a fan like that's not really what the wasp costume should look like in my opinion like in comic books it's not what it looks like it's fine to change it but i it's not my preferred wasp design but i think she's i think when it's just her and scott she's pretty good but when it's her and her dad they're always mean to him (laughs) okay of the two major action scenes the kitchen and the the big chase at the end what do you think i really liked most of the things with the big chase i think the kitchen one was pretty good i mean it's there are better hand-to-hand fights in the mcu but this one wasn't bad but I think the the one that stands out to me is definitely the the chase. Yeah, that's a good. That's good. I like when he's giant man. He's using the truck as a skateboard, and he's in the water. And he, I love that they keep the continuity. That turning into giant man is just fucking exhausting. 
yeah just like the bigger you are the more energy it will take to even just like keep your body conscious (laughs) and i know that the director peyton reed was kind of upset that they used giant man in civil war because it's like he was like well well, that would have been a very cool thing to put in this movie and now i don't really have anything because it's like that's like the big pun intended ant-man thing and now you can't really do that in the ant-man movie like i would understand being kind of like well even though it's cool in civil war it's like what you took that moment from the ant-man movie yeah it's like now what do we have he's already been super big and super small (laughs) well now he can be three feet tall yeah (laughs) which is probably the best that's the best gag in the movie for me that's a great scene i think i think that's a really funny scene just a a bite-sized paul rudd running around in a giant hoodie i like that that's one of the only like surprising moments in the movie yeah the whole chase is good the pez dispenser is fun the, the the hot wheels like all that stuff is pretty solid uh but i don't care about any of it really to be quite honest yeah i mean i i feel like one of the best scenes in the movie is like the the post credit scene (laughs) well that's a thing we have to talk about because it's very obvious i hate to say this but it's very obvious that the only reason this movie exists is for the post credit scene pretty much because this whole movie is useless for the most part except for the van which became like one of the biggest fucking plot points of the avengers movie which is pretty shocking that something from ant-man and the wasp became the biggest part of avengers endgame like everything really does come back yeah i i feel like that's kind of just how these movies work is like even the movies that don't matter will somehow matter eventually. <laughs> oh yeah, y- you are going to go back to Thor the Dark World so many fucking times. <laughs> I hope you watched that movie. Uh, I think everybody who isn't like weird like us has seen that movie once. Yeah, that's something that I think is impressive. And I, I think it's a good scene, but bad continuity because they're like piles of dust on the ground. I was under the impression that they just looked like that and then floated away. I don't think they literally become dust, do they? That, like, piles up? I mean, that's how I've understood it. I think they do literally just turn to dust. I don't know if that's right. I think they do. At least when... I feel like when Bucky turns to dust at the end of Infinity War, I'm pretty sure it's just kind of left on the ground. I think that Captain America touches the ground, but I don't think there's any dust there. I think there is. I might I don't... have to go back and look at it, but I'm pretty sure they literally do just turn into dust. When you think of like the start of Far From Home, though, they don't turn into dust. Like they aren't piles of dust on the ground in the school gymnasium or whatever. I think it's bad continuity. I don't think that's what happens, but I guess we can agree to disagree yeah, or we can fight this out for another eight hours or on how the blip works why is that the name they went with i'm sure we've talked about it that's a bad name yeah we've talked about it before it's really dumb (laughs) do you like the second post-credit scene it's like nothing so i I guess (laughs) it's pretty ominous i kind of like it where it's just like like in the theater is like oh yeah that's right like everything fucking sucks now (laughs) because a purple alien came and destroyed the world 
I I kind of would have hoped, like, I feel like it would have been better if it didn't cut to the ant playing drums, because that kind of, like, ruins it for me. I, I feel like if it was just, like, the second post credit scene was just, yep, everything is <laughs> fucked up, and then they just, like, cut, and it's just, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp will return. It's like, okay. <laughs> Good-looking uh, ants, though, in this movie, I will say. Yeah, the those ants were very impressive. <laughs> it's a very good look. Like all the effects look very good. There's maybe a couple moments when Giant Man looks a little rubbery, but in terms of all the shrinking and enlarging stuff, it all is very impressive. What do you think about? Okay, well, I have this is a two part question. First, what do you think about the scene where uh, Scott Lang becomes Michelle Pfeiffer? Very weird and. I feel like it doesn't make very much sense, but they had to come up with some way to get them towards like quantum realm stuff. So they're just like, yeah, he's been there before. Just kind of make that happen, I guess. I feel like it's just very weird. And all of the stuff involving her and Paul Rudd, like her taking over his body, I think is just weird. <laughs> That's the the thing. I I I don't think that scene is very funny. I think it's kind of cringy, but I think aside from that, the fact that he has a map to the quantum realm in his head, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. As long as it means I can go to sleep and the movie ends, then it's fine. <laughs> what do you think about the part where Michelle Pfeiffer has magic quantum energy in her hands that can heal anybody? I remember thinking it was impossibly convenient at the time, but now I realize that I, I don't care. The logic of it is so weird because that's not how adaptation or evolution work. And that's what she says it was. That's not how those things work. <laughs> well, you also can't evolve after you've been born. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's not what evolution is. <laughs> like, adaptation, I guess, if she's been there long enough. But evolution is not something that happens immediately <laughs> yeah i i don't really understand on a scientific level it's fine you know i don't really care but on a story level it is very convenient but they do set it up they're like you know you could only be healed by quantum energy so the fact that janet van dyne has quantum energy that can heal her is fine like you know at, at the time i was like oh, oh why could she and now it's like i don't i don't care <laughs> I, I don't care enough about this movie i've to become watch. hardened <laughs> Yeah, I don't. That's like a nitpicky. Well, is it a nitpicky though? Because it's like how the movie ends. So maybe it's not. Maybe it is worth discussing. But yeah, they also the post credit scene. The entire reason that Scott went into the quantum realm was to gather the weird healing energy stuff. So I yeah. feel like it's gonna come up in the next Ant Man movie, probably. Great! I can't wait. At least the next one will have Kang in it, right? That that'll be something. Yeah, that'll be weird. <laughs> I think the Ant-Man movies just need villains that they can use. I think that's what, like the big problem, probably. I mean, if they had a central villain, then it would at least give the movie a little bit more focus than this one had. That's true. Are there any MCU movies other than Avengers movies where there is a villain that continues into the next movie? Um, Other than Loki? Yeah, Loki doesn't count. I don't, I don't think there's anybody that really carries over into another movie unless they're, like, really big, important characters. Yeah, well, that's probably a problem. Anyway, that's a discussion for another time, I guess.
They're going to run out of villains. <laughs> That's definitely not true. They'll never run out of villains. Well, they'll start having to dig into the dumpster pile that is D-list villains. Oh, like Aldrich Killian? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't wait to see what's next. Lots of Civil War references, which was strange at the time because it's like, yeah, we're so far past Civil War. Like, uh, Thanos, I don't know if you saw, but Thanos killed everybody. So nobody really cares about some eight people blew up an airport. But it's important to his personal life. <laughs> no, it is. It's just, it's in terms of release date, uh, nobody was thinking about Civil War when a much bigger war had just happened. I feel like they do go a, a little heavy on the, the Civil War references. I think they could have done with a few less and it wouldn't have really changed much. He drew all over the walls with Captain America. That's a fun line. Yeah. <laughs> but aside from, like, that's enough, though. That's all you need. Are you excited for Ant-Man 3? Quantumania. Quantumania. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, like, in the middle on it. I, I think if it's more like the first one, then it could be fun. But I hope it has a little more focus than this one. But even, like generally i do like the ant-man character in the mcu so yeah i know paul rudd would be good in it <laughs> do you think ant-man is a character who's better in movies that aren't his movies i think so i think he's another character like black panther where i definitely prefer them in like team or just like group movies and not so much on their own like they're fine on their own i guess but they they do a lot better when they can play off of more people yeah no i i i would definitely agree that ant-man feels that way it's how i feel about deadpool in the comics a lot of the time where it's like there's some good solo deadpool stories but he's better when he can make fun of other people who are like serious and it's also just like a, a balancing thing because if you just get deadpool alone then that can get like a little overwhelming pretty quick so having yeah. more people to like balance out how weird he is kind of makes it more bearable <laughs> well what if i told you there are multiple comics recently where deadpool meets other deadpools and so every character is deadpool and it makes me want to kill myself oh good i'm sure that makes deadpool fans so happy oh my god i don't know i've read all of them though and they make me want to die for any no i don't do i i can't tell sometimes i do sometimes i don't Anyway, that's a question for another time. <laughs> um, Next episode. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. That's enough. Okay, so um, do you have any final thoughts, Franny? This movie is perfectly fine. I feel like it, it was probably the best thing they could have done after how intense Infinity War was. And this, I guess technically Captain Marvel was also between this and Endgame. But having... A little bit of a palate cleanser before you just dip like headfirst into the more intense stuff again was probably a good idea that might also be why this movie kind of suffers though <laughs> no it i do think it was the right move to not go a huge avengers movie huge avengers movie i'm glad that they broke it up this is a it's definitely a lot more like kid friendly than a lot of mcu movies like it definitely feels like more of a family movie than than most of these tend to like no f fucking kid is going to want to see eternals it's definitely a lower tier mcu movie but it's not a bad movie at all 
it's got some fun action, some good jokes, but it's also got a big villain problem and it just doesn't really have the creativity of the first movie, which is a problem, but it's fine. You can watch it once on a plane and you'll be okay. Yeah, it's it's the perfect background movie. <laughs> yeah, this is a you can you can uh, reply to to work emails while you're watching this if you need to. Or like the your homework is simple enough where you can miss like 15 minutes of it and you you'll probably still know what's going on. <laughs> probably, unless you miss 15 minutes and then you come back and Scott Lang has been possessed by Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Then you might be a little confused. <laughs> Aside from that, yeah, I think I think you'll be fine. So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, I guess, even though no one's manning those accounts anymore at Marvel Movie Pod. You can email us, even though no one's manning the email at marvelmoviepod@gmail.com. Next week or at some point, depending on whether or not I have the coronavirus and die. Um, We'll be talking about we'll be talking about Watchmen eventually, which means Franny's gonna have to read Watchmen, which is gonna be fun for him. Then two weeks we'll be talking about Venom. Oh, good! I'm so I'm so excited to see Venom wearing Venom. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm not gonna be um, I'm gonna be on my phone <laughs> the entire duration of Venom. Uh, or I'll be laser focused. Who knows? We'll see what happens. I guess. Um. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode about this movie you forgot existed <laughs> bye 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 next episode <laughs> see you next episode see you next episode wear your mask bye wear a, ma- wear a mask be very careful um because yeah. it can happen to anybody God. both of us have had covid scares in the past two weeks so. yeah things are you know things are are great out there okay bye stay safe what a brutal ending for an episode about ant-man <laughs> just like the movie oh yeah uh, yeah hi uh i'm recording this like 10 seconds after i record the intro to this episode because this movie doesn't really deserve an outro either um i'm fine like i'm, I'm fine like don't even, don't even worry you don't have to text me and be like are you okay uh yeah it's fine we're chilling we're chilling actually we're chilling um uh batman right did i say that batman um maybe something before batman but probably not okay love you